such a beautiful song. That was very moving for me every time I hear you play that. Very moving. I want to take just a minute and congratulate Conrad and Kelly, who I didn't get to see last week because I was out, but they got married right before last weekend. So yay, congratulations. I was so grateful for Julie last week. Because last, I'm, you can tell, you can hear in my voice, I'm not at 100%. But last week I was coughing more than talking. <clears throat> so I, um, I called Julie on Friday and reached out to Connie and said, I don't know about Sunday. <laughs> and Julie said, oh, no problem. And Connie said, we got this. And they did. So thank you both for, for making things okay because I needed to stay home last week. I'm delighted to be back this week. And if somebody had told me a few years ago that I would be excited about talking about prayer, I'd have told them they fell off the turnip truck or something. So when I came here, I, um, prayer was not a word I was using. How many of you grew up in a tradition that, that where there was a lot of prayer done? And how many of you were actually taught how to pray? A few less. So some traditions just pray and some traditions teach you to pray. I grew up in a tradition that primarily just prayed. And what I learned from observation in that tradition is that you prayed when things were really bad. And you prayed, and only then, you didn't just pray, like you didn't take some little thing to God. It had to be worthy, a worthy prayer. And then you had to remember that you were probably not worthy of asking for whatever you were asking for. And that the the prayer was going outside of you to this big giant force out in the universe who might or might not respond. And and it was going to be better if you got down on your knees because you needed to remember your place in that whole prayer process. Does that sound familiar to anybody? To several of you. So when I came here and they said, oh, we have this great team of prayer chaplains and they're going to pray for you every week. I said, please don't do that. Please don't do that. I'm not, I'm not even okay with the word prayer. It just wasn't comfortable for me. What I was comfortable with was the idea of moving energy, that we could move energy from one place to another, that we could, um, we could, have good intentions for each other, but the word prayer was really tied to an old idea for me. And so that has changed dramatically over the years. And I, um, I, for those of you who have had nothing but positive experiences with prayer, good on you. Good on whoever taught you and whoever you did that with. For those of you who have not had that positive experience, my hope is that when you leave today, your ideas of prayer will be a little bit different than they were when you walked in. Let's start with this video. This is Greg Braden, who is a scientist, and he's going to tell us a little bit about prayer. How could my prayer, how could my meditation, how could my loving thoughts of gratitude and appreciation possibly impact the healing of another person in the room with me 
or halfway around the world? And the answer is that we are deeply connected through a phenomenon that is known as entanglement. Entanglement is the term in physics that tells us once something is unified, once something begins as a whole, even though it is separated physically by many miles or light years is what they're finding in, in the cosmos, energetically everything's still connected. Why is that important? Because if we go back far enough in time, there was a point in time when you, me, and the Earth were all connected before what is called the Big Bang, the big release of energy. When that happened, physically particles began to separate, energetically the particles remain connected. We are part of this Earth, and we are part of one another. And that empowers you and it empowers me to participate in the healing of our bodies and those of our loved ones in ways that science is only beginning to understand. So entanglement explains scientifically how our prayers might work. But there's a whole aspect of faith and prayer that can't be explained through science. People travel all over the world to holy sites to receive energy or faith healing. Is it their unshakable belief in God's power and therefore the placebo effect that is responsible for the healing? Or is there an actual divine energy that is causing their transformation? Either way, I'm fascinated by the mystical. And if faith healing works for people, why not respect the possibility and keep an open mind? So entanglement, this idea of entanglement, um, kind of falls in line with what we already know here at Unity, isn't, doesn't it? That, you know, one of our primary teachings is the interconnection of all things. That we are interconnected. We are not walking on the earth as visitors here, but that we are connected to what goes on on the planet. That we are impacted by each other. That we are impacted by things that happen far away from us. And that we are also impacting things. It's way easier to think about being impacted than to think that you might be having an effect, isn't it? That our breathing, our functioning, our way of being here might be affecting something far away from here. But if one is true, then the other has to be true, doesn't it? They're both true according to what we're learning in the field of quantum physics or quantum science. We are learning that we are, we are it's not just uh, the indigenous cultural teachings that tell us we're connected to all things, but indeed science can prove that we are connected, that what we do with our mind can change the outcome of a, of a science experiment, which is why they now have to do double and triple blind experiments. Because even the people who are doing the experiment, experiments can affect the, <coughs> excuse me, the outcome of the experiments. So it's very interesting what we're learning. And so when we go back to this, to this idea of prayer, I have some, some things that I want. Let's see how they resonate for you. So when I pray, I want, first of all, to be the center of the universe. I don't want to think about the 7 billion people on the planet because then I'm going to feel like, well, I have to compare my prayer to everybody else's and I have to decide if my prayer is as important as all the other things I can possibly imagine that would be happening anywhere else. 
Because really, how much time does God have anyway? Right? So I want to be the center of the universe for that moment. Whatever I'm praying about, I want to be the most important thing. So I want you to imagine that I want you to think about how you go out to the holy. Because most of us were taught to start at our hearts and go out to something really big. Yeah? So I want you to think about it differently when you start to pray. I want you to think about starting from way out here, that this sense that we have of something that is holy, whether you call it God or life or source or spirit or whatever you call it, you choose the name that works for you. But that is beyond this physical form, isn't it? So I want you to start here and call it to you. Call it to your center. So instead of going this way, you're coming this way. So that when you pray, you start right here. At the center of your universe. Right? So we like to, to talk about being uh, drops in the ocean that is God. We're one drop that's an ocean. I dare you to go to the ocean and pick out one drop. I dare you. You can't do it. Because it's immediately called back. Anything that you lift out is immediately called back because that's one thing, isn't it? That ocean is one thing. You are not one drop in the ocean of God. You are the ocean of God in one drop. It's a very different perspective. You are calling all that is to this focal point right here. So I want to be the most important. I want to be the place in the universe where prayer is happening. And then I want to change my state of how I feel. Because when I was taught to pray, I was taught to pray when I had something that was worthy to take to God. And that meant that it had to be a big problem. And when I have a big problem, I don't know how it is for you. When I have a big problem, I'm not comfortable in that problem. When I felt like at, 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 that I had to go to God, it was because something was so bad that I couldn't hardly stand to have it in my body anymore. I was afraid. I was uncomfortable. I was distressed. I was worried. I was many of those things. Does that sound familiar to you? We don't pray very often when we feel great, do we? So I, when I pray, I want the prayer to change how I'm feeling. I want it to do something different. And then I want to see a result. Because I was taught that there might be a result or there might not be. And it was kind of a, in my imagination, there was kind of a fickle God out there. And it would just depend it would just depend on what God felt like doing. It would just depend on whether my prayer was deemed worthy. It would just depend on all the things that I don't know about that might be more important than whatever was going on for me. I want to know that this is going to work. I want to see it work. I want to feel it work. I want there to be a result because I'm that kind of a girl. Like, show me it's going to work. I don't want to do it if it's not going to work. 
How about you? You want there to be a result, yes? Does it feel bold to expect that? Ooh, I get to expect that. Why are you doing it otherwise? If you don't expect it to work, why are you doing it? Because you're uncomfortable enough that you're desperate. Right? I don't know what else to do. I'm going to pray. Maybe, maybe that'll work. Well, maybe will result in you looking for it not to work instead of looking for it to work. So I want to invite you into a different way of praying. I want to invite you into a prayer that anticipates an outcome. I want to invite you to to completely reframe your idea of prayer. So we're going to walk through this together. What I want you to do first is I want you (coughs) to just listen to the process And then Connie's going to come up and join us here in a minute, and we're going to do this together. So when we pray, we are first going to acknowledge that there is this massive ocean, and we are going to relax into the ocean. And if you were to stand in the ocean for any length of time, you would begin to do something. You would begin to move, wouldn't you? Because you would begin to feel the rhythm of the ocean. And you would naturally ride that rhythm. Because it's really hard to stop, isn't it? You can't relax and not feel the movement. So the ocean that is the divine has its movement. And when we relax into it, we feel ourselves in the rhythm of that. So I invite the rhythm, the relaxation, the acknowledgement that I am one and being moved by what I am one with. And then I want to call the entire divine mind to my mind and my heart. I want to open completely to allow the holy to be one with me. I want to know that my thoughts and my feelings and my knowings are one with the divine. And from that place, I want to know what outcome I'm looking for. Not what problem I'm identifying. It is not my job in prayer to plant a problem in the, div- in the divine mind. Right? It is my job in prayer to know what I'm working on creating. What am I bringing into being? I am not bringing the problem in. So let me tell you a story. I'll stop there. Greg Braden tells this story about how he went to the two. It was, <coughs> he lives in Santa Fe, right outside of Santa Fe. And they were in a drought. And a friend of his called him and said, I want to go out and pray about the drought. Would you like to come with me? I'm going to go to an ancient site out in the desert here. And he said, heck yeah, let's go. So the guy came and picked him up, and they drove and drove and drove, and they finally found a place to park, and then they walked and walked and walked and walked. And when they got to this stone circle, it was clearly an ancient site. It had been there for a very long time. 
And the gentleman took off his shoes. And so Greg followed, took his shoes off, and they walked into the circle. And the gentleman acknowledged his ancestors, and he acknowledged the directions. And he closed his eyes for just a moment. And then he opened his eyes back up, and he said, where would you like to go for lunch? And Greg looked at him and said, I thought we were going to pray. And, he, and the guy said, I did. I did pray. And the guy said, well, if that was prayer, what just happened? <coughs> Excuse me. Tell me what just happened here. And the gentleman explained to him that if he prayed for rain, he would be putting into divine consciousness that there was not rain. Because in order to ask for rain, you have to be coming from the place where there is none. Right? So instead, he closed his eyes. He felt the rain falling on his head and on his skin. He allowed himself to settle into the moment where the earth beneath his feet was soft and muddy because there had been enough rain that the ground had gotten soft and there was water standing on the ground. And once he accomplished that sense, he was done. Because he had planted in the divine field, in that entangled field, what was to happen. This is what I'm creating. So we don't want to come to prayer from lack, because Lack confirms lack. We want to come to prayer from the solution that we're looking for, whatever that is. We want to come from the solution, hold the energy of the solution. You are programming a divine computer. So when you stand in that flow, you are holding yourself in the sense that what you are wanting to pray about what you're praying about has already been resolved. You are essentially sending out a wave into that flow that says, this is what's happening next. It poured the next day, poured down rain. He talks a lot about how fascinating that was for him until he began to apply the science to it. So this is a powerful shift. So we go back and we're in the, in the flow of the universe. We have brought the universe to our center. And we are now going to be the solution. We are going to sit in the sense that the solution has occurred already. It's done. Now, when that's done and you feel like the solution is there, I have clearly expressed what's happening you're going to be in gratitude. It's going to happen naturally. Feels much better. Your state has changed. Now you know where you are, right? You're going to be grateful, say thank you, go back about your business. So <clears throat> that all sounds really cool, Ariana, except there are some things that can't be fixed. I'm not asking you to pray for the things that can't be fixed because the reality is if you go at it and you already know it can't be fixed, Nothing is going to change that for you, right? I'm asking you to use this for the things that can be fixed. And as you notice things changing, 
you will begin to build your own skill. This is a practice. This is not the same as a formula. Formula is one plus one equals two. I'm going to add these together. I'm always going to get the same answer. This is a skill, a practice. And as you do it, you will become better and better at it. And the better you become, the more you will be able to see the outcome manifest in your life. This is the work of a lifetime, isn't it? To pray well is the work of a lifetime. And is there anything you have to do in your lifetime that is more important than that? So this is the thing that allows you to have a personal experience of God. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because no book you read is going to give it to you. And no minister standing on any platform is going to be able to convince you there is something holy at work in your life if you don't feel it yourself. And once you feel it yourself, it will not matter what anybody else says. The only thing that you might get out of the work that I do is a deeper experience, challenge to go deeper into the experience. But my job is not to, is not to give you God. My job is to tell you tools to work with you on ways that you can experience this for yourself. And at the bottom of everything, isn't that why we show up on Monday, on Sunday mornings? So we can figure out how to do this, right? So I'm going to ask Connie to come up. And while she's doing that, I'm going to ask you to think of something that you want to pray for. And I want you, once you've got that in your mind, to ask yourself, what is the best thing that can happen? What is the best thing that can happen? So that is not an invitation to imagine something you can't imagine, is it? How do you find where you want to be? You ask yourself, here's the, here's the prayer, here's the issue, What is the best thing that can happen? And just allow your mind to go to that. And gently close your eyes. Allow your consciousness to expand beyond your form into that space between time and place that is all being, all energy, all flow. And let yourself relax. Your breath has a natural rhythm. The universe also has a natural rhythm. It's gentle and calm and restful and peaceful like a soft caress allow yourself to breathe and focus inward becoming willing to know a truth that frees you from all concern 
Take a deep and conscious breath and release. And as you do, relax your body. Feel your heart opening and opening. Recognize the power of the holy by whatever name you use, life or love or source or wisdom, the ever-present holy. And center your thoughts on this energy. Inhaling, I am. Exhaling, I am. Inhaling, I am. Exhaling, I am. In the silent reflection, See or sense or feel the power of the source. Notice that this same power is the power within you, your divine potential, and all of divine potential hold the energy of the perfect outcome. In the silence, experience the power of your own divinity, the holy that you express, knowing you share all the attributes of love and strength and wisdom. Sense and know the perfect outcome. Be in the moment. Allow all that you are to radiate out into the sacred field, the perfect outcome. Not as a future happening, but in this moment, as done. It is done. It is done. Allow your heart to be grateful for your growing spiritual awareness. Know that you are empowered to live fully into this fulfilled future. Empowering your life with every expression of gratitude. Take a deep breath in. Release, open your eyes, it is done. Take another deep breath in and release fully.
So this is a practice, isn't it? It's a different way of praying. It's entirely different than going from a sense of lack. The important key points are recognize the holy in all of its expressions, call all things from all directions to your focal point in your own heart. You are pulling all of the ocean to this drop, aren't you? Ask yourself, because you know why you're praying, you went there, what is the best thing that could happen? And then allow yourself to begin to change inside, to feel that occurrence. This is the best that could happen. Radiate that information out into the body of the holy. It has no choice but to respond. See, God is not for you or against you. There isn't some big God out there judging whether you're worthy or not. You are one with all that is. You are it. You either are programming it from from lack or you're programming it from potential. From what it is that you're creating. And it's you who is programming that unified field. Because science is telling us that. This is really important stuff. We could change a lot. There was a study done in 1972 where meditation groups went out into major cities to meditate for peace. And they measured the change in violent crimes in the cities. Documented study. Incredible reduction in every city. Do you know what the maximum number of people was for a city of a million? 100 people. 100 people meditating. On our standard Sunday, we have about 160 people here between the two services. We have a city of half a million. You think we might make a difference? Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Powerful because we know it already. Even more powerful when we put the science behind it. When we really understand that there's more than just an idea here. There's a measurable principle we can use. We have a new prayer box. We're going to bless it together. This prayer box will sit out on the the table out there, and there are forms you can write your prayers down and put them in here. Thank you. So Crystal, you can just hang out here with me for a minute. Crystal got this for us. Isn't it so pretty? And had the nice little slot put in there. And inside she put some roses just to begin putting the energy in. So we're going to bless it together. Will you come hold this for me? We are going to 
follow the pattern that was used by Greg Braden's friend. And we're first going to honor the ancestors. This church has been in place since 1922 and the unity movement since 1989. And we want to honor all of those who have brought prayer into an important position in our lives. We want to ask for the blessings of air. We want to ask that any words spoken, any intellectual thoughts, anything of the mind that came in contact with this form that might be unnecessary or harmful to our prayer work is removed and transformed. We want to ask the blessings of fire, passion and will and clarity of vision. And we want to ask that any anger, any rage, any emotion hostile that might have come near or in contact with this sacred vessel be removed or transformed that it might be appropriate for our prayers. I want to ask the blessings of water, love and connection and kindness, healing. We want to ask that any vibrational inaccuracy, that anything that would disturb the flow of energy between these prayers and the universal flow is removed now or transformed to its perfect balance. And we want to ask the blessings of earth, silence and solitude, clarity, strength and courage. And as we ask, we also understand that this form, that this wooden form came from a source and that the source may have been taken violently. And so we ask for healing for that life. We offer gratitude for the life given that this item might be created and we ask for blessings and clarity that anything unfortunate, harmful, or painful is removed from this space, that it might serve as a resting place for our deepest desires and needs and wants for our confirmation of what is. And we ask all of this in the name of all that is holy, and so it is. I have some items to place in here. It's a big box, so there's room. We didn't have room for items in the other box. So I'm going to first place a piece of rose quartz in here. Rose quartz vibrates at the frequency of love. And love is the strongest universal power. So I'm going to place that in here. And then I have a, a piece of quartz crystal. I have lots of roses on my fingers. A piece of quartz crystal. Um, quartz crystal you will find in our electronic equipment. It's used in electronics to amplify and move energy. And so remember when we were talking about being in the flow and already sending these desires out into the flow? We're going to place this in there with the intention that it will take the, the vibrational flow out into that greater field from the moment that we put our intentions in. 
this is a this is a cross, and those of you who know me know that I don't generally use that symbol um, because in a lot of religions I find that it's a, it's a marker for suffering. This is a kind of a different one. First of all, it, it it's transparent, so I don't know how well you can see it from the back, but it's not shaped like a regular cross. It really looks like a human being to me, like reminds me of that kind of place that we are when we're open. And um, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, our founders, taught some really interesting stuff about the cross. They talked about the cross not being about suffering. They talked about the cross being, the vertical bar being indicative of us when we are in our most divine balanced state, when we are vertical and upright and centered. And then the bar that crosses being those challenges that we approach in life when we approach them from that centered, balanced place. So one of the things that I love about this cross is that it has a heart right in the middle there where that would happen, in that centered, balanced, vertical place. And so I place it in this box to, to hold that energy for us, that everything that we put in this box comes to this centered place where it's approached from the place where we are divinely balanced and centered and able to to do this work from our greatest, most holy connection. And then the last thing that I'm placing in there, some of you have, it's just a little cloisonne pin that says unity on it. I put it in there because sometimes we forget that we are so much more than this little space here, that there are almost 600 unity churches around the world that are, and more prayer groups beyond that, that are working with us. And that we are connected to all of that, that our prayers are buffered and expanded by all of the effort that goes on all around the world through the unity movement. And most especially that these prayers will, after they're with us, be sent on to silent unity. And they'll be prayed for there 24 hours a day for another 30 days. So I want to start that connection as we place a prayer in the box, that it is the intention, the outcome of that prayer is already held in the hearts of those people that are praying around the clock, that that work is already being done. So I'm going to place that in there. And Crystal, I'm going to close this. And I'm going to ask you to step down right here. Cool. And I'm going to invite you to come up and place your hands on this box and to bless it from the place of outcome. What is the best thing that can happen with this box? In your mind, what is the best the best work it can do for us? So I invite you, Connie's going to play a little music. I want to invite you to take a moment and center yourself, bring yourself to the place of outcome, call yourself to your divine heart, and as you feel called, just come up and place your hands on the box, put a little energy into it, and then go back and take your seats when you're ready.
it's fine to come two at a time.
Michael, I know you're back in the back, but I'm just going to hold this for you for a minute and let you just put your little blast of good mojo in there. Thank you. It is done. Amen. Sometimes when we put our prayers in that little box,